Judge not, lest you be judged. We've all heard that, haven't we? Yeah. Um, I have a sneaking but unproven suspicion that this verse is the most often quoted Bible verse by non-Christians back to Christians. Um, It seems that whenever the church or an individual Christian has anything at all to say about personal behaviour or moral standards or social issues that can impact on an an individual or or what they perceive as their rights, usually it'll be met with the words, doesn't the Bible tell you not to judge? You've all heard that, eh? Yeah? Yeah. Now, they seem to think that judgment is their own personal prerogative and nobody else has the right to judge them. Well... They're actually sort of right. Uh, The Bible does tell us not to judge non-Christians. That's what it's saying here. Do not judge non-Christians is what it's really saying. Not because they're not subject to judgment, but because judgment is God's domain. They will be judged. Every one of us will be judged. And every one of us, if we were judged on our own merits, well, we'd be found guilty. I know I would be. And each of you would be as well. That is, unless our guilt is taken away by Jesus Christ. But if we're told not to judge, does that mean that we're not to be discerning? Does that mean that we're not to correct our Christian brother or sister and lead them into deeper righteousness? Does that mean that we accept all things and that we're free to adopt whatever practices we like for ourselves? Well, no, of course not. Paul, when he was writing to the Christian church at Corinth, said this. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I have written you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. That sounds a bit judgmental, doesn't it? But, he says, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave this world. But now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother. Alright, so he's talking about Christians. Um, But is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a slanderer, a drunkard or a swindler. With such a man do not even eat. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? But are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. Now, the truth of the matter is that on this planet there are two kinds of people. There are people of this world and there are people who are called out of this world into the glorious presence of God. Right? So there are Christians and there are non-Christians. Now, Some people don't like to say, oh, you can't just divide people up. Well, the Bible does that. There is those two types of people. Now, when it comes to judgmentalism, people of this world, well, they're easy targets, of course. Um, All you have to do is, is look at the world and you can easily see its moral decay, the depravity of the human condition. We live in a world that seems to delight in new ways of doing evil. We live in a world that is coming out of an era of Christendom. Um, I don't know if you understand what I mean when I say the era of Christendom. That in our society, we used to be a society which was built 
around Christian values and Christian morals, where Christian morals and ethics were the norm of society. But we're coming out of that now. Now, we think that that's the way the world's always been, but it's not. That was something new when the, when the Christian faith became very much embraced by the whole of society. But that's no longer the case because we're coming out of that. And now all kinds of perversions are becoming normal. Now, you can identify that. You can see that happening in your society, can't you? It's just degrading and going down and down in leaps and bounds. Now, you can identify that and it's right to identify it. But let us not be judgmental about it. You see, as a Christian, you have never been made righteous by righteous living. Do you agree with that? Yeah? And nor is anybody else. Nor are you made righteous by judging the unrighteous. You are made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are made holy by the saving grace of God. God has made you worthy, in spite of everything that you've done, to come into his glorious presence. Now that's what the gospel is. At one time you were cut off from God. Your, your, your sins cut you off from God. A holy God could not have you in his presence. But the good news is God has brought us near. He has washed us in the blood of Christ and made us clean. That's the good news of the gospel. Is anybody happy about that? Yeah? Good. Now, if God has done that for you and I, let us never, ever pretend for a minute that we have made ourselves righteous. Let us never, ever forget the mercy that God has shown us. And let us never ever take the Lord for granted. So if God has brought us into his glorious presence, if God has drawn us into intimate relationship with him, don't you just know that he wants you to be living a holy life? If the holy God actually lives inside of you by his Holy Spirit, Don't you know that he wants you to be a holy place for him to live? You know that? Yeah? And so we know that we have a reason to live holy lives. And likewise, if God has shown us mercy without yet judging us, should we not also show others mercy? You see, we have this reason to live holy lives. We've been saved from sin to put on holiness, to live lives of righteousness. We have that reason. People of the world don't have that reason. And so you can't expect them to live to the same values that you live. And so don't judge them. Show them mercy. Imagine if God just said of us, Well, look at those unholy people. I'm going to judge them and just smite us. Um, But he didn't. He showed us mercy. And we too are to show mercy. Now, I'm going to make four points about this. Don't be judgmental. Don't be hypocritical. Do be transformed. And do be correctional. 
So, first of all, don't be judgmental. Do you know the difference between judging and being judgmental? To be judging is to decide and to know what is right and what is wrong. And that God expects us to do. It is a critical daily task for every Christian to judge what is right and what is wrong, to know these things. But to be judgmental is when we drill down on somebody and say, oh, you're living in sin and you're going to go to hell. It's when we cut ourselves off from people because I won't have anything at all to do with them. So don't be judgmental. God has shown us mercy. Let us also show mercy. We are at this stage not in a position to judge the world. God will do that. So don't be judgmental. Don't pick on the easy targets and say, oh, look at those people of the world. Look look how those people are living. We would never do such a thing. In fact, we're not going to have anything to do with those people. I'm not going to go anywhere near them because I don't want their filth to get on me. Remember, Jesus used to hang out with sinners. Jesus said, it's the sick who need a doctor. Now, if you and I carry in us the gospel, if you and I carry God, the Holy Spirit, inside of us, if we carry the good news of Jesus Christ, how on earth are the people of the world ever going to hear that message if we so judge them that we cut ourselves off from them and have nothing to do with them? You know, there's been two errors that, um, that the Christian church has fallen into over history. One error is segregation. You know, where, where you cut yourself off completely from the world and have nothing to do with them, um, where you cloister yourself up in a little Christian commune or whatever and, and you don't have anything to do with people in the world. The other error, of course, is assimilation where you're no different at all. Well, we are called to be different, but to be different out in the world. Okay, so don't be judgmental. Secondly, don't be hypocritical. Does everybody know what a hypocrite is? What about you young ones? Do you know? Sam, what's a hypocrite? See, people don't know today what a hypocrite is. I, when I was um, at doing RE at the high school, I mentioned a hypocrite and I saw a lot of, lot of blank faces. I said, does anyone know what a hypocrite is or what it means to be hypocritical? And one person out of that whole high school class knew what it was. I said, well, it would be like me saying, don't you pick your nose. Uh, it's doing what you tell other people not to do. Or you don't even have to tell people not to do it. It's expecting them not to do it. It's when the values of what you're supposed to represent are completely against what you actually do. Um, After a college professor gave a long lecture, he concluded, and so you can see there are no absolutes. Any questions? And one student put up his hand, are you sure about that, sir? I am absolutely sure. Okay, he was a hypocrite. But you've probably heard of some well-known hypocrites within the Christian church. Ted Haggard was a well-known leader of the evangelical movement in the United States. Um, That is, until it was discovered that he was using male prostitutes. Jimmy Swaggart is a name that a lot of us would have heard of. Uh, Big-time tele-evangelist off the television. And he used to actually get stuck into other televangelists for their infidelity. 
And they got sick of that, so they hired private investigators to see what he was up to in his life, and they revealed that he was paying prostitutes for sex. Um, in my own life, I, I used to be... Uh, there was a church that I used to worship in, and there was a fellow there, he's now retired, but he used to be a very good preacher. Um, but in his retirement, he is arrested for accessing kiddie porn. And... These things are examples of extreme hypocrisy in the church. And the world hates hypocrisy. And God hates it even more. I don't like to get political, but the recent events in federal politics, to me, reek of hypocrisy. They elect as our Prime Minister a man that they despise and cannot work with simply so they can have a better chance of being re-elected. To me, that's just hypocrisy. They don't want him, but we have to have him. Um, Jesus used to chastise the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. He hated it. And I know that every one of us realises that there's little areas of hypocrisy in our lives that we need to deal with. And to his disciples, Jesus said, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at that little speck in your brother's eye when the whole time you've got this great big log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, oh, let me get that little speck out of your eye when the whole time there's this great big plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take that plank out of your eye then you'll be able to see clearly to get the little speck out of your brother's eye. So, don't be a hypocrite. Do something about it. If you know there's something not right in your life, do something about it. Deal with it. Get yourself right. And so the third point is, be transformed. You know, sometimes it's easier to see faults in other people than what it is to recognise them in ourselves. The pot calls the kettle black. And I guess the lesson for me is if I see a fault in somebody else, well, that's an opportunity for me to analyse myself. If I see a fault in somebody else, it's an opportunity for me to go, well, do I do that? Am I in some way doing something similar to that? So be transformed. God has called us out of worldliness. And that includes holy living. And the fourth point is, be correctional. There have been times when I've been blessed by Christian brothers and probably, probably more often by my wife uh, who have loved me enough to come to me and say, Michael, I've seen such and such in your life and I don't think that's good. I've seen you doing such and such or your attitude towards such and such And I think you need to repent of that. (coughs) And it is a blessing when somebody does that for me. Um, Sometimes it's a hard thing to receive. But it is a real blessing when somebody will gently, out of love, um, share these things with you and help you to repent of something that you might not be aware of or maybe it's something that you have been aware of but you've been holding on to. 
Jesus did not say, if you see a speck in your brother's eye, leave it there for it to blind them. He did not say that. What he said is, if you see a speck in your brother's eye, get it out, but get yourself right first. Get the plank out of your own eye and then help your Christian brother or sister to get the speck out of theirs. Don't do it judgingly. Do it lovingly and do it gently. So don't be judgmental. Don't be hypocritical. Do be transformed. Do be correctional. Now, at this point, Jesus seems to, to shift to a completely different and somewhat obscure saying. That's right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Uh-oh, somebody's dropped something. Um, just this week, on Monday, I was working with the road crew, driving the water truck, and I was with a different road crew to what I've been ever been with before, and I, I hadn't met any of them. And um, I did what I normally do um, when a fair bit of the time with the water truck is just waiting until they need you, right? They don't need you watering the whole time, especially in winter. And so what I normally do is I park somewhere near the traffic controllers because they need a yarn. They they need a yarn. (laughs) And if you don't park near them to talk to them, they'll have their yarn and they'll clog up the two-way. But anyway, so I pulled up near this traffic controller and and I uh, went over to him to introduce myself and, and he said, oh, finally, you've come over to talk to me. Uh, so, uh, sorry about that. I, I was reading something and I just had to finish what I was reading before I came over, otherwise I was going to lose my place. And he said, oh, what were you reading? Well, I was reading the Bible. Ah, reading the Bible, hey? Um, so, you're a Bible person. And I thought, wow, here's a God opportunity. I'm going to share with this guy the gospel. And I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, what about you? Have you got a faith? He said, yeah, I'm a wicker. And I'm getting a little bit hard of hearing. And um, I said, you're wicked? And he said, no, no, I'm a wicker. Wicked? No, I'm a wicker. And then the penny dropped. I heard him properly that time. Ah, Okay, you are wicked, aren't you, is what I thought. Um, for those of you who, haven't, who have no idea what wicker is, wicker is a more modern form of witchcraft. Um, it involves the practice of magic. And my understanding of it was that it has a lot to do with worship of Mother Earth type stuff and spirits and all this sort of stuff. But I've looked it up since. And they actually worship a triple goddess associated with the moon, the stars and fate, and a horned god associated with forests and animals and the realm beyond death. And it is real satanic, occult sort of stuff. Um, Full-blown witchcraft. But I wasn't perturbed. 
I mean, I'd heard of Wicca before. I knew it was witchcraft. I wasn't perturbed because the Holy Spirit can take a Satanist out of darkness and into the light. Do you believe that? Yeah. So I went for it. So I endeavoured to continue the conversation and hopefully lead this man to Christ. And he told me that he used to be part of the Seventh-day Adventists, but they wouldn't answer his questions and he wouldn't tolerate them because he was and he said something rather I didn't catch what it was because apparently I'm hard of hearing. And, and then later his dad who was a such and such and, and, and he's had to learn to be assertive and, and strong and no one pushes him around. Anyway, because I was deaf, I missed these couple of things he'd said. They were things which I just didn't catch. So I asked him to repeat them and he did. And what he was saying was star signs, right? So I don't remember what they were. He might have said, oh, I'm a Sagittarius and Dad's a, a Aries or whatever it was and, and um, use that to, to explain why he wouldn't put up with people. And, and, and then, anyway, so he re-explained it the second time. He said, don't you know what star signs are? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm aware of them. But you see, I worship the God who controls the stars. Uh, the stars don't control me. Um, but anyway, the, the conversation continued. By the way, don't have anything at all to do with star signs. There is nothing innocent about astrology. It is explicitly forbidden in the Bible. It is part of, of satanic of occult worship, um, of which this guy was right into. There's nothing innocent about reading the star sign to your friend out of the local news, out of the newspaper or the Women's Day or getting it delivered on your phone or whatever it is. There's nothing innocent about it. It is of the devil. Okay. But anyway, um, as I talked with him, or probably more so as he talked at me, I very quickly realised that this man was so full of himself and full of his own importance and of his own opinion. Um, And I really felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, Michael, don't share with this man your faith. And whatever you do, do not tell him what you're doing with Bush Disciples. Don't share with him the ministry that God has set for you because he's not ready to hear it. And to me, that was a good example of what it means when Jesus said, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. You see, I could see that the Holy Spirit was not at work in this man's heart. He was, he was definitely not ready to hear the gospel. He had no interest. In fact, being into witchcraft, we know that he would be dead against Jesus. Who knows? One day he might be at the end of himself and be needing a start with Jesus. And I pray that that day I might be around to share with him the good news of Jesus Christ. But that day was not Monday. And if I'd shared with him about the ministry of what we're doing, that would have just given him something to practice his dark arts against. So I said nothing. And there were times when even Jesus would say nothing. When he was hauled up before Herod was a good example. Herod had no interest in, in, um, in following Christ. Yet he just asked, Ask God, ask Jesus to, to perform some, some miracles for him. And Jesus said and did nothing at all. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces.
So that's a good example of what it means. But I think there's also something very important here about the context in which Jesus said it. I do not believe that this is a simple, uh, simply a cut-off of the old topic of judging and correction to have a one-verse, two-sentence lesson all on its own. I actually think Jesus is saying to us something pretty important here about judging and correction. There are times when it is not right to correct somebody you think to be a Christian brother. How do I say this sensitively? Um, I learned this from experience. Sometimes into the church will enter false teachers, wolves in sheep's clothing. The New Testament warns us of them a number of times and no one warns us more strongly than Jesus himself. They'll have the appearance of being good but their motivation is not right and their fruit will not be right. Now, sometimes these people are very difficult to identify. And the better a sheep's clothing, the more they look like a sheep, the more difficult they are to discern, to discern and the more dangerous they become. A wolf isn't that hard. If a wolf is easy to tell, they're not a problem. You just get rid of the wolf. Some people will identify them far quicker than anybody else. Now, it's not because these people are more spiritual, nor is it because they're less gullible. They identify false teachers far quicker because of the Holy Spirit gift of discernment. They have a God-given ability to discern sheep from wolves. They're like maremmas, if you like. Right? They're amongst the sheep, but they can tell the, the wolves. They give warning when somebody who appears to be of God is actually leading people astray. And it's very important that the Christian church, and particularly the leaders of a church, pay attention to what these people say. God gives spiritual gifts, not to individuals, but to the church. And he gives these gifts for a reason. And we don't all have the same spiritual gift. And the gift of discernment is one of these gifts. It is given to some people within the church to prevent the whole church from being led astray. At one stage in my ministry, a number of people who I now know have the gift of discernment came to me and said to me of a particular church leader, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something not right about this man. A while later, I saw bad fruit. I saw things in this person's life and ministry that needed to change. And so I thought, well, he's supposed to be a Christian brother. Um, I'll lovingly go and I'll talk to him about these things. And I did. You know what happened? He trampled under his feet my opinion. And he turned and he tore me to shreds. And I realised, after a lot of prayer and reflection and, and coming across this passage a few times, I realised that if somebody is actually a false teacher, a wolf in sheep's clothing, 
they're not actually a Christian brother. And to try to correct such a person was casting pearl before swine. So I no longer do that. Um, And that's a tough call. It's a tough call to, to make that judgment. There is a time to correct. And there is a time to cut off. There's times in, in some of the letters in, in the, that Paul wrote where he talks about certain people who have come into the church and stirred it up and, and certain people who, I guess we had that reading before, where he says, put, the, put that immoral brother out from you. There is a time to cut off. And we have to realise when, when that time is. And it's only the Holy Spirit who can give us the wisdom to know the difference as we listen to those who have the gift of discernment. Well, I think we'll leave it at that. Don't be judgmental. Don't be hypocritical. Do be transformed. Do be correction. And, but do the correctional bit with wisdom and discernment.